The thrill and excitement of March Mania is here, and DraftKings Sportsbook, one of America's top-rated sportsbook apps, is giving new customers a shot to turn 5 bucks into $150 instantly in bonus bets with any college basketball bet. You can find all the available lines ahead of the college basketball tournament on the DraftKings Sportsbook app. So download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code SBNFL. New customers can bet 5 bucks to get $150 instantly in bonus bets only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code SBNFL. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. In West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 8778-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort. 21 plus, age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash bball for eligibility, deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. Hey, Bears friends, and welcome to another episode of the Bears Link Podcast. This will be episode eight, in fact. So we're going to tie a little bow around the Giants-Bears game and preview the Rams game as usual. This one should be a lot of fun. There is a lot to talk about, so let's get it on. fans but we're going to get into the uh we're, we're gonna put a little bow on the on the giants game here real quick um you know i kind of went off on a on a tangent right after the game uh for those of you who didn't listen to it check out episode 7.2 um of the bears link podcast that was just kind of a, a 16 and a half minute rant of um how much i hated that game and the outcome and and a lot of the decisions in it so uh, I'm going to toss this one over to Kevin and let you uh, give us your thoughts on on that Giants loss. Yeah, just really quick. I mean, there was a couple things that I just want to talk about, and, and one of them was I don't even, I don't know how many sacks Chase Daniel took in that game. Five. Give it to me. Five. Okay, so. Um, and and he, four of which were absolutely 100% on Chase Daniel. Yeah, there was like two that really <clears throat> stick out in my mind, and, and one was where he – just, I mean, every time he was just holding on to the ball way too long. But one was where he the pocket was super clean, and he was standing right in the middle of it all, and he just kind of turtle shell. He totally brought his eyes off the receivers downfield and kind of stumbled forward and into a sack. It was just, what are you doing? And the other one was he kind of flushed right a little bit. There was still plenty of time to find someone, and uh, once again took a sack. So there was that. And I'm going to circle back to that to you because, I don't know, uh, I'll ask you a question about it. But And then the other one, totally don't, like, don't get me wrong, not blaming the refs here, but a huge play in that game was Tariq Cohen's 46-yard catch where they blew the play dead too quickly. He didn't, I, I don't believe he got touched. It was definitely well worth a review. You can't review that play um, where he ended up running into the end zone wiped off the board i think they had to kick a field goal there yeah i think you can absolutely uh blame the refs on that because ever since replay came out when you have plays that aren't reviewable you're not supposed to blow the whistle you're supposed to let the play happen 
and then sort it out afterwards. And the, the officials are supposed to err on the side of, of the play continuing to happen. And then if you want to challenge it and say his knee was down, fine. But the, the fact of the matter is, is his knee wasn't down. And he wasn't touched. Well, and that should have been a touchdown. I think I think he definitely hit the ground and all that, but like I don't think there was contact that that forced him to the ground. But so don't get me wrong, I do blame the refs on that play. I'm just saying I don't blame them for the loss. Now, what I wanted to ask you was, did you watch the All 22? Yeah. Well, enough of it. I I, I didn't I didn't want to dive into it as deeply. It's too painful. Yeah. I, I mean, <laughs> what the the thing I didn't want to do is sit there and go, all right. What plays did did Daniel miss that Trubisky wouldn't have missed and, and, and play that game? Um, I did look more on the defensive side, especially in the second half, because I wanted to see where the running game kind of broke down a little bit. Um, I, I did notice Khalil Mack in coverage again a lot, so mm-hmm. I wanted to kind of take a look at that. So, so, yeah, I've watched a fair amount of it. So the reason I ask is because I, you know, you can't, you can only tell so much from watching the game live. I don't subscribe to the All 22. I know you, you have access to it, um, but there was just a couple plays where, when they would show the replays of some of these sacks that he took, it did appear like, and it was hard to tell, but it did appear like there was some wide receivers that were potentially wide the fuck open. And, well, they uh, were. They were absolutely and, wide open. And and look no further than the fact that Tariq Cohen completed, <clears throat> I'm going shooting from the hip here, completed more passes to Anthony Miller than Chase Daniel did. I'm pretty I believe sure he you had are, zero. Pretty sure you are accurate. And then Trey Burton, nothing. I know that for a fact because he's on my fantasy team and he got <laughs> nothing. It's like, well, dude, if Trey Burton's not getting any action. Uh, like I know that this, there's so many weapons in this offense that every week it's gonna change and it's gonna differ and it's gonna there's gonna be variations and people are gonna get the ball more than others at any given week depending on the game plan. But like if Trey Burton's getting nothing, there's something wrong. Like he should at least be getting two balls a game. I think you saw the same thing in Detroit and New York with Chase Daniel as the quarterback. He was obviously targeting Allen Robinson a lot. Mm-hmm. He ver- felt very comfortable throwing to his running backs. Now, when I say running backs, I mean Tariq Cohen and Taquan Mizell. Obviously, he wasn't throwing to Jordan Howard, but those seem to be his his comfort zone. And when you're talking about a backup quarterback, a guy who's in his 10th year in the NFL and is only making his, what, fourth or fifth start, the first time in his career that he's making – uh, back-to-back starts since he was in college, so uh, yeah, I, I get it. You're gonna you're gonna go through some of that stuff. Um, let's just put it out there now that I'm I'm very thankful that Mitch Trubisky is back, um, and let's just you know knock on wood, fingers crossed, pray to God, do whatever you got to do that he does not get injured again because if he does, the season is over. Um, so Mitch, stay healthy, bud. Yeah, and, and I don't want to totally dump on Chase because I feel like, you know, it was a bad game, but this was not like watching some of the stuff we've seen when Cutler went down. You know, he's he still made a well, lot of plays. This wasn't Caleb Haney. This this was okay. He 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 was he was uh you know a foot away. I feel like if he put that 
that last ball out a little bit. That was that that wasn't a terrible throw. I mean, it was just it was what it was. He was fading away on fourth down under pressure. Just didn't hit it. Um, he made a lot of plays when he when he had to when the chips were down. Uh, so I give him credit there. He had a lot of balls go off his face mask and stuff too on the snaps, which was kind of comical, unfortunately. Um, yeah, I mean, I don't. Let's you know move on, I guess, because you you kind of summed up a lot of shit in in your in your post your emergency podcast um, that you did not invite me to be a part of, uh, which is fine because I don't I don't think I could have matched your intensity. Uh, so let's let's move on to the Rams, and with that, give you the the standard history lesson here, and uh, very ill prepared once again. But what I can tell you, folks, is that the Bears, and we like to look at these all-time stats, and and even though they don't mean shit, they have seemed to have kind of fallen in line most more times than not. And the Bears lead the series 53 to 36. That's a pretty big disparity. And the one I'm going to key in on was a beautiful victory. The most recent one uh, in 2015, when the Rams were the St. Louis Rams, and they beat or the Bears beat the Rams 37 to 13. And I think since it was fairly recent, you all remember this. It was a lot of big plays. It was a, a, a game of Zach Miller and Jeremy Langford, where Zach Miller had an 87-yard oh, touchdown. Yeah. I believe it was a, a screen pass of sorts or some sort of uh, sort. Or it was a middle short screen. Short Yeah, middle pass. screen. And then uh, Jeremy Langford was also a screen pass. He had an 83-yarder from Cutler. Cutler padded the stats that day, filled up the box score, and it was a fun time had by all and on November 15th, 2015. So that's the most recent action we're going off of. Todd Gurley scored a touchdown in that game, but I, I would be willing to bet that most of that Rams team – is much different now. I would be willing to guess that virtually the entire roster. You is might there. be the only guy on that was on that team. You know, one of the few. Yeah. So this is a this is a big game. Um, I think at this point, with the loss to the Giants, that the Bears can pretty much kiss a Week One bye in the playoffs. Um, oh yeah. You know they can they can. Yeah, the Rams and the bye. Saints would have to shit the bed. Yeah, you'd have to have some some monumental collapses happening there. I don't see that happening. Um, and the Bears would basically have to win out, including against the Rams, which is going to be pretty tough. Um, but yeah, this is a big game because this is a, this is a huge measuring stick for the Bears. And um, personally, I you know I know that a lot of people you know try to look at the silver lining of of last week's game and and talk about how well the defense played you know in the first half which which i agree with and there's a lot of well if you take out that you know this run and this trick play and yada 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 um it's a different game and and you you, but you can flip the the coin to the other side and say okay well if you take away the the chicago special and you take away an onside kick and and you take away you know a couple of other things on the bear side and they lose this game handily, so it's you. You can't play that game. The, the fact of the matter is, is that they gave up those plays, and um, you can blame whom, whoever you want. I I tend to put that um, twenty-two yard run at the end of the half on Matt Nagy and Vic Fangio more than I do on the players. I understand that they have to make have to make the play, but Vic Fangio basically put three down linemen on there. Had his 
had his linebackers about 15 yards downfield and then had, you know, the secondary basically between 15 and, and 30 yards downfield. So if, if you got past the first three guys, it was going to be a big play. And he got past the first three guys, and it was a big play. So you, you have to nip some of that in the bud. It, that starts with Matt Nagy because he should have never played for a punt block. The Bears don't block punts. I, I can't remember the last time they did it. Um, <clears throat> Tariq Cohen's not that great of a returner, so I don't understand why you're playing for that play. Um, if you just let the Giants run the clock out, which is what they were intending to do, then they never get that field goal. They never get you know feeling good about running the ball coming on to the second half. And I think that they start throwing the ball thinking that they're out of the game because... You know, I can't remember which announcer it was, but somebody said this is a, a seven-point game, but it feels like a 40-point lead. Mm, I remember that. And, and that was true at the time. And, and I think I think that the Giants come out and, and, and start throwing the ball instead of running the ball if they don't have that 22-yard play and the field goal. So I think it's a totally different game. Yeah, maybe the, the touchdown um, that Odell Beckham Jr. still gets, still gets thrown. Um, but at the same time, you know, that ended up being them taking a lead instead of tying the game. So I, I don't know. There, there's a lot of stuff that went wrong. And, um, you, you still want to talk about the Giants game. No, I, I, <laughs> I really don't. Um, I'm just saying that, you know, the Rams game is important for a lot of reasons because of the fact that. And this is where I was going. I kind of got off track there. But I think the defense is going to play pissed. And I know for a fact that Mitch has been trying to play the last two weeks and the Bears are the ones that have held him out. He could have played against Detroit. He could have played against the Giants. That is a fact. I know that for a fact. They set this timeline out much like they did with Mack and Robinson earlier in the season. And they were being cautious you know, obviously trying to set themselves up for a playoff run, which which is understandable. I, I can see that side of the coin for sure. Um, but Mitch is pissed. You know, internally he's pissed. So I think uh, I think a pissed off defense and a pissed off Mitch is going to be uh, trouble for for the Rams on Sunday. Yeah, I mean, I, th- I think that the the Bears defense, I think they're going to get up for this one. You know, in a big way, uh, Akeem Hicks seems to like the flexing of the Sunday night game, and I think the rest of the defense, whether they say it or not, seems to like it. They seem to rise to the occasion. They like the, the, oh, they the, love the, the the bright lights. They love they the stage. Love this is you know this is the stage they want to be on. Um, not saying that they they looked over the Giants, but you know the case can be made. Um, the one thing. Since we're on a defensive theme, seemingly, or at least I'm taking us down that road, so let's talk about it for a sec. And you alluded to this, or you didn't allude to it, you talked blatantly about it in your reaction. We talked about it before. Is this craziness where Khalil Mack is in freaking coverage, pass coverage? Why? So that's the thing. If you, I don't know why Vic Fangio goes into a particular game and says, This is the game we're going to do this shit. But if he does this in this game, you're going to have problems. And I sure, I just pray to God that 
as I'm sure you would say, pulls his head out of his ass and, look, rush the passer with Khalil Mack. That's like a freaking no-brainer. What are you doing? I'll tell you right now. <clears throat> I will say right now we're recording this a little after 6 o'clock on Wednesday. If Vic Fangio is going to put Mack and Floyd in coverage 30, 40, 50% of the time, like he did against New England, the Bears are going to lose this game by 30 points. I'm telling you that oh, right yeah. now. Oh, yeah. It's, it's, it's going to be a bloodbath. Because as much as I really do like the Bears secondary, the secondary goes with the pass rush. The pass rush goes with the secondary. You have to have them both playing together. And if you take away your pass rush to get cute and and think that somehow you're gonna you're gonna trick somebody by putting a worse pass defender on them, then you're gonna lose. And and here here's a here's a perfect example of it. If you remember that the one touchdown pass that Eli Manning threw, he kind of um, the one where he kind of lobbed it up in the air. Yeah, he just kind of let o- ducked and chucked yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. And Odell a- Beckham Jr. was wide open, okay? I watched that play now probably 20 times because I wanted to see exactly what happened on it. And Vic Fangio brought a, a blitz of Bryce Callahan and put Danny Trevathan one-on-one with Odell Beckham Jr. Danny Trevathan thought they were in zone, never took him, and there was nobody back there because you took a guy who's good at blitzing in Danny Trevathan and you put him in coverage and you take a guy who's good in coverage, Bryce Callahan, and you blitzed him. That is stupid. That is not how you win football games. You don't take your best coverage guys and blitz them and then take your best blitzing guys and pass rushers and use them in coverage. I'm sorry. I would rather see this defense play more like a Lovey Smith team because they're so talented that you can play straight up and win because you have the pass rushers, you have the defensive backs, you have the linebackers that can stop the run and tackle. You don't need to get cute in order to beat teams. This isn't a team that is devoid of talent, that needs to scheme on defense to win. They don't need to do that. They can play you straight up, knock you in the teeth, and beat your ass. And that's how you beat the Rams. I agree. In that in that play that uh, you were alluding to, kind of reminded me for all you Madden fans out there. That was like the engage eight. I think that's what they call it. Where basically you're just saying, yeah, screw it. I'm bringing everyone, <laughs> and you just hope for the best. You'd hope you get to the quarterback, and you certainly didn't in that play. So that I mean, it was a good play by Eli. I'll, I'll give him I'll give him props there. But he looked like garbage most of that game. So. Once again, we're circling back to the rant or the Giants. No, but but yeah. it's it, it means something because <clears throat> if you play the same style of football against the Rams that you did against the Giants, you are going to lose. Mm-hmm. So I, I think what you need to see is that same kind of game plan that Fangio had against the Vikings and against the Lions. Mm-hmm. You know, throughout those those games on their winning streak, I thought that Fangio did a did a wonderful job of calling plays. 
he mixed up the coverage, which is fine. I have no problems with mixing in zone and man coverage. But what you have to do is you have to consistently be bringing four pass rushers, and those pass rushers have to include both of your outside linebackers and two of your defensive linemen. If you want to bring an extra blitzer, knock yourself out. But don't do that at the expense of taking your best pass rusher out of the equation. Because putting him in coverage, you might as well take him off the field. He's not good in coverage. He gets beat every time. Yeah, Especially against a wide receiver, which is what he was up against against the the Giants. And he got beat every time. You talking about Danny Trevathan or Cleo Mack? Cleo Mack. Okay, because that's what I was going to say, is that, you know, obviously... I and all Bears fans love Cleo Mack, but aside from the first week of the season where Cleo Mack, I don't know if this was designed, but it was the pick six that he had. I don't know if it was designed that he dropped in the coverage. It looked to me like he just sniffed the screen out and dropped back a little bit and picked that ball off and took it to the crib. No, um, he, that, he, he, that's exactly what he did. That so was not a, was not a coverage de- snap. That was not designed. So other than that, I haven't seen him make one stinking play in coverage all year, which for as much as he is dropping into coverage, which is stupid, uh, is not good. So why that? Why are you continuing to do it? I I just don't get that. I mean, you paid this guy one hundred forty-one million dollars to eat quarterbacks, eat them alive, get the ball away from them. He's the best in the business at it. Why? Why is he dropping into coverage? Every time I watch every play from that Giants game, that I watched, where I was like, man, like, why did Eli Manning have so much time that play? And he connected on this 15-yard, uh, you know, pass completion. And they show the replay, and I'm like, oh, that's why, because Khalil Mack wasn't even rushing the passer. Every single time. And when he's out there covering, he's not even covering anyone. He's just kind of sitting around, just kind of in space, and no one's even around him. It's stupid. It's a waste of space. I'm not saying that someone shouldn't be out there, but it shouldn't be him. Yep. Well, as important as the defense is in this game, I personally think that it's going to be this game's going to come down more to how the offense plays, personally. Um, so you think the defense is going to – you think they're going to do what they're going to do? You think they're going to rise think, to the occasion and play pretty well, I from what that, you're saying? Yes, I, I do. But I, 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 they're going to give up plays. Sure. They're going to give up points. This, this is, is the Rams. This yes. is a great offense. All right? But we've seen in the past, this season, that when the Rams play a good defense, they don't score a ton of points. They don't score – you know, 40, 50 points, all right? They're, they're going to be somewhere in that 24 to 34 range is, is my guess. So they're going to give up points. But they are also prone to, to turnovers if you can get in Goff's face. So I, I think that when all is said and done, the defense is going to play well enough to give the offense a chance to win the game. So... In my mind, here we go. We're going into this game against a, a rather mediocre Rams defense. I mean, really, it's it's Aaron Donald. I think, and I think mediocre is generous. That yeah, you're you're probably right there. So you got Mitch Cunn back, who I think is going to be um, is going to be on point because I think that Mitch is um, 
I think he's he's angry. I think that uh, he feels like he could have played last week, and you know, I, I think if you asked him with with nobody else around, that he'd probably tell you if he would have played instead of Chase Daniel, that, that the Bears would have won that game. So I think that he's he, he has something to prove, which I think is a good is always a good thing, but. I think this is the first time that you're going to get to see the the Bears offense with its full arsenal. Adam Shaheen is now, he was back, had the concussion, came back again, and now he's a full another week past the concussion and three full weeks past the ankle injury that he came back from. So he should be a main part of this offense now going forward. I think that that you've seen now Jordan Howard look better since Shaheen's been in the game. You notice he was pretty atrocious against Detroit on on Thanksgiving, and Shaheen sat that game out. Mm -hmm. Jordan Howard's two best games this season, in my opinion, were against the Vikings and against the Giants. And both of those games had Adam Shaheen on there. So I think that the running game is going to be a little bit better. And I think we've already seen now Adam Shaheen has two touch, was one touchdown catch and then the, the uh, two-point conversion. So he's already caught two balls in the end zone, right? I, I think you're, you're finally going to see now what Matt Nagy's had up his sleeve for this whole offense for the first time. And as good as this offense has looked at times, that's kind of, that's kind of a scary thing to think about mm-hmm. is – you finally have it all working now. And and I don't know. I, I'm, I'm excited because you're also going to have Anthony Miller is hungry for the ball because he hasn't been getting the ball with Chase Daniel. Nope. Taylor Gabriel fumbles that ball away in a crucial moment against the Giants. I have a feeling that he's going to want to do everything he can to make up for that. There's a lot of things that now you see, you, you look back on it and you go, all right, you got some hungry dudes coming into this this Rams game. And like I, I, I thought after the Packers lost the first game of the season, that maybe, just maybe, that was the best thing that could have happened to the Bears because I think that they got a little high on themselves before the season started. Mm-hmm. And I think that them getting knocked in the mouth by the Giants, who was a team that they should have absolutely wiped the floor with, I think coming into this Rams game, they are going to give it their best effort of the entire season to this this point. I I, I agree with you, and I, and I have a lot. You said a lot of things I want to respond to, and, and one of them, the first thing is, for whatever reason, I and we're we're just speculating. I don't know. I don't talk to anyone on this football team. I have no inside information. I don't know shit, but. I do feel like this team. This is a young team that's still, even though they've won, they're eight and four, they're still learning to win. They're still learning to win. They're still learning how to take that week to week like success, you know, and and not looking over teams. And I, I totally feel like they looked over the Giants just a little bit, um, you know. So they they they're still learning that. And I think that you know I don't want to get ahead of ourselves, but I think next year you're gonna see that next step, where they're like, we know we have to lock it in every single week. Because you can't take anything for granted. You can't take any opponent, you know, for a cakewalk any particular week because it is the NFL. You will lose. Everyone's talented. Everyone's talented. Everyone's got talent on their rosters. So there's that. 
Now let's go to Adam Shaheen for a second. He has, in his two games he's played, like you mentioned, he found the end zone in one way or another, whether it be two-point conversion or an actual touchdown, in, in the red zone, in, within the two-yard line, he actually. So I want to see that next step. I want Because Adam Shaheen can be so much more. He's not just a, like, this is John Fox and Dawa Loggins knew he was a good red zone threat. He's, he had great success in the red zone last year. I want to see that next step. I want to see him actually used between the 20s to get down the field. That's what I'm excited about. And I think we saw a little bit of that in the preseason before he went down. Um, so that's that's what excites me because, quite frankly, like, you know, I don't I don't hone in. I'm not, you're the X's nose guy. I'm not an X's nose guy, so I, I don't. And you got the all 22, so I don't. I only see this stuff once, you know, when it's happened. Don't go back. I don't watch tape. Full disclosure, but I don't really notice him that much during the game. Yeah, I, I think he's he's done a lot of blocking so far. I also think that Matt Nagy has shown the ability to play the long game. Um, and while you know my my tinfoil hat theory may have been a little little out there about the running game I do think that he does hide stuff and he does plan to show you one look one week and then show you a completely different look the next week so if the Rams are expecting Adam Shaheen to be nothing but a blocker I think that that's a mistake I'd love it if they made that mistake, and I'd love it if the Bears took advantage of that mistake. Because I, I haven't even seen Adam Shaheen like really running routes, per se. Have you? Like, when you watch the All-22, is he actually out there running routes? Or is he just really a red zone threat and blocking all the way? Other no, he is. They're still limiting his snaps right now. But I would not be surprised. Look, if, if Adam Shaheen caught five five passes for 80 yards and two touchdowns against the Rams, I would not be shocked in the slightest bit. I feel like if that happened, we would win. I don't know. You never know. But I, I'm just saying with with Matt Nagy, and, and here, here's another thing to consider too, is that you may you, you don't notice a guy when he's not being thrown to True. a lot of times when you're watching the game live. Mitch Trubisky and Adam Shaheen were roommates as rookies. Mm-hmm. All right, obviously they've gotten their own places to live at this point. But when they were rookies, they did live together. All right. So there's an obvious connection between those two. They're they're very good friends off the field. I think that that they have a connection as far as you know, personal obviously, but on the field, I think that they have a connection too. So it's only a matter of time before those two start to get going. And you've seen it with every single receiver on this team where you could see Mitch starting to get close to breaking out with that particular player and he's done it with every single guy every single weapon that they have that's a main weapon has has a 100 yard receiving game this year he spread the touchdowns around they all have more than one you know Burton's got it's I very, think I think cool. five I think uh Anthony Miller's got six now. Uh, Taylor Gabriel's got at least three. Tariq Cohen's got like three or four. You got uh, Allen Robinson's. He's probably around the five range too. So they're they're all putting in that work. So I think 
you're going to see it happen with Shaheen. And it's, when it does happen, it's going to happen fast. And so if there's a team out there that is susceptible to, you know, the tight end, especially against two tight end sets, the Bears are going to are going to have some some weapons for them. And, and here's and, and somewhere along the line of everything you were saying just reminded me of my last thing I wanted to, to put in there um, was some comments by wide receivers coach Mike Furry coming off the Giants loss where he was just talking about the details and in, in how the wide receivers were, you know, the ones that weren't catching the ball or weren't weren't designed to catch the ball in that play were not doing their job. Yeah. And they were not they were not running crisp routes. They were not, not running you know, even the ones that weren't targeted or that I should say were targeted weren't running deep enough routes or whatever, for whatever reason. And you know, one ex- specific example that was brought up was like a sc- uh, not screen a slant to Allen Robinson early in the game, where Janoris Jenkins had a couple pass breakups early. Anthony Miller was trying to beat his man so badly that he was in the way. You know, so there was a lot of traffic, unnecessary traffic in the route, and it didn't get completed, and the Bears punted. So um, that's just something that I was keep an eye out for. I, I, I think there's going to be an emphasis on that throughout practice this week, where they're going to really focus in on the details, you know, a la the, the Patriots, I guess, where they're just going to be, just try to be super perfect and, and execute everything, uh, you know, to a T this week and in the game, ultimately, um, which hopefully is just leading to a lot of these wide open wide receivers that we've been seeing for most of the year and just at, at an all time high. I'm really hoping for that. This is not a good Rams defense. I don't know why they're not good because they they were good last year and then they signed a bunch of dudes that with big names and they kind of just suck. Uh, I don't know why, but they should be able to feast. So look out for that as well. <clears throat> well, and here's what I've been trying to tell people from the beginning of the season is that what you're watching right now are the baby steps of this offense, right? Everybody's learning what they're supposed to do. And that it when you break training camp, you don't have a, a brand new offense down. It's not 100%. It's not even close. So when I try to tell people that, look, when Patrick Mahomes is running the same offense and he's throwing to his receivers, his receivers have these details down. They've been in the offense. They know exactly where to be. They've had it drilled into him for several years already. So when he does run these plays, everybody is where they're supposed to be all the time. The Bears, on the other hand, are still learning that. One of these receivers is a rookie. One of your main receivers is a running back that you're converting slowly to a wide receiver. This is exactly the reason why Kevin White is not on the field and is not active anymore. Because he clearly could not get these details down. He was not running crisp routes. He was not running them to the proper depths. He was not selling the routes that he needed to in order to take his man away from another receiver. And that stuff was obvious. When you watch the All-22, his man was leaving him early in his routes because he was rounding them off. And they were coming and they were disrupting other players. You can't have that. And that's why Kevin White is no longer on the field. That's why he's been inactive for the last five or six weeks, mm-hmm. because he can't get it done. Everyone wants to talk about Josh Bellamy. Well, Josh Bellamy does it right. He knows where he's supposed to be. There's a reason why Josh Bellamy has always been open. He's not a bad wide receiver. 
he had some bad drops. He might be kind of a a tool, but he's he's a good wide receiver. So fast forward to next season, they should be light years ahead of where they are right now in terms of knowing where to be. If you don't think that these guys aren't going to get together in the offseason and run these routes and work on these concepts, you're out of your mind. This team knows that they are going to be one of the favorites for a Super Bowl next year. And look, they're going to put in the work because every single one of these guys is going to want a ring. Besides Trey Burton, I'm not sure any player on this team has a ring. Scanning, calculating. Well, Hakeem Hicks, does he have one? I don't think He's so. He's on a couple good teams. Saints, Patriots. I don't think so. I think Hakeem came after the Saints in, that, in yeah, one of those Patriots yeah, off years. That Saints Super Bowl win was like 10 years ago now, so probably true. He hasn't been in the league that long. So, you know, you, you look around. Oh, I guess was Danny Trevathan. Yeah, Danny Trevathan won a ring with Denver. So it, it's, it's one of those things where, look, there, there's not a lot of – players on this team there's not a lot of veteran players to begin with i mean most of them now are homegrown bears players so you, you, this is a young team they're learning but next year i think you're really going to see this offense take off to a height that we've never seen in chicago before and i keep trying to tell people look as much fun as this is right now this you're seeing this in its infancy mm-hmm. you know this is like for for those of you out there who are really into science and outer space and stuff, and you, it, when a when a solar system is forming and you have all these gases and rock that are spinning around, you know the sun <laughs> that it's forming. Look, we're we're still in that we're still in that space right now. We we got a a big clump of hot rock. That's what this offense is. It's not a planet yet. <laughs> you think this is funny? That's a good analogy. It's still being it's still being molded. It's still being matured. I, I like it. I like it. I, yeah, I do. I do think next year, even though the Bears have been favored in most of their games this year, which is you know refreshing, next year they're gonna be like they're gonna going, be monsters. They're gonna be going into the season like this team is legit, and they are. I I, I would be shocked. Like not that I put too much stock into like what the talking heads say, you know, a lot of times, but it is always nice when you get that national recognition. So I, I expect going into the year, the Bears are going to be the favorite, you know, to win the NFC North and be uh, a, a sexy pick to you know go deep into the playoffs. You know, once again getting ahead of ourselves, but that's just what I expect. That's just what I, it's, it's, it's going to happen. Uh, there's no way it's not. They're like I mentioned last week. They they are set up better than any other team. At least they're near the top, at the very least, to be doing this for a long time. Yep, I agree. All right, so let's um, let's wrap this one up. So, oh, what do you got for your your key matchup? Oh, my key. I know I know what mine is, and I, and I tease this one on on Twitter. Last week, actually. Well, it's a good thing I don't follow you. So then, I, you know, I don't. If I steal it, everyone will know I didn't. I didn't mean to. I mean, the key matchup for me is Aaron Donald. So I hope I didn't steal your your your, your matchup there. But how do you? That's what you have to worry about. That is the thing you have to worry about. 
when you're talking about the Bears' offense. He is literally the only thing because that team is gonna gets torched all season long on defense. But Aaron Donald is yet here. He is on this bad defense is gonna be the front runner for Defensive Player of the Year. So, how do you approach that? How do you run around it? How do you defend it in, in pass pro? You know, how does Mitch respond to it? You know, there's gonna be pressure. He's gonna bring the heat. So that's my key matchup is Aaron Donald. Well, I'll, I'll tell you right now. Well, first of all, that that is my, my key matchup is Aaron Donald versus the rookie left guard, uh, James Daniels, who is going to be you – know, Aaron, Aaron Donald doesn't really move around. He kind of stays in that, that same spot. He's like Akeem Hicks. Akeem Hicks is always over the right guard. Aaron Donald is always over the left guard. So that's going to be the matchup, in my opinion. However, what you're saying um, – this actually might work to our benefit a little bit because Aaron Donald is not a great run defender. He gets upfield, but a lot. But if you can, if you can get inside of him and push him outside, that's going to open those running lanes up inside. And and Dominican Sue is not the same player that he used to be. Um, he looks to me like he more or less has packed it in at this point in his career. I thought I saw that a lot when he was with Miami. I think I even saw that a little bit towards the end of his Lions career. But at this point... A lot of people packed it in at the end of their Lions well, career. Well, yeah. Most, <laughs> most Lions pack it in, period. But um, I've watched a number of Rams games this year just because I, I knew that this game was coming. And let's face it, they're a fun team to watch. So I, I just kind of wanted to see what this was going to look like down the road. And I, I got to tell you, I've not been impressed with with Sue or, you know, any of the other members of that defense outside of Aaron Donald. So this is going to be, this is going to be interesting because I think you have an opportunity here to let Aaron Donald take himself out of the play, at least on a running game, running plays. Now the other key matchup is going to be, look, James Daniels is going to get beat by Aaron Donald. Aaron Donald is the best defensive player in the NFL right now. And I understand we have Khalil Mack. But I'm sorry, Aaron Donald is playing at an, an even higher level beyond that. For pass rush, yes, because if you can get that interior pressure, I think that's more powerful, more valuable. It, it's than, quick. Than it's the quickest pressure. path to the to the quarterback. And you can't do anything. You can't step up in the pocket against interior pressure. No, so, so that's part two of the matchup is how does Mitch Trubisky handle that pressure? Can he avoid that pressure, sidestep it, you know, roll out. Can, is is this going to be a game where where Mitch Trubisky has eighty, a hundred rushing yards because Aaron Donald is going to get back there, he's going to shake him off, and then have this huge running lane to run through. So it, it's going to be interesting to see um, how it's all going to work out. But uh, I, I'm excited because I think that this is a a big matchup for the Bears. It's going to tell us exactly where this team is at. But I also think it's a good matchup for the Bears. I think that they match up well with the Rams. What they want to do versus what the Rams do well, don't do well. I, I think that it's it's good on both sides of the ball. So uh, that should be fun. Um, score prediction. Well, before I get to that, because I'm going to kill some time, i got to think about it. But I just want to go on record and say that I think Mitch will handle the, the pass rush well. He might get you know beat a couple times. Sure, that's fine. But... I don't think I'm going out on a limb here and saying that Trubisky may or may not be one of, if not the best in the biz right now at avoiding the sack. I mean, he has been pretty magical back there at times. 
And then, of course, he's been probably the most effective rusher in the NFL from the quarterback position. So I'm excited to watch who it does, man. Like, I'm really excited to see him come back. I think all Bears fans are. I think we've been kind of if, – if you were on the fence about Trubisky after seeing Chase Daniel play a couple games, like, look, he has not been – you could have worse. But you've missed him. you got to miss him. Like, I got a buddy I watch the game with every Sunday, and he's been – you know, on the fence about Trubisky every, you know, every now, like he, he just doesn't know. James? Yeah. Of course I didn't want to, I didn't want to put names out there. I'm sorry, James, if you're listening to this. I knew uh, it was James. That's all you had to say. <laughs> I just knew it. We'll protect his identity by not putting his last name. Don't put his last name in it. Um, but I know, like, after watching Chase Daniel play, like, he's all in on Trubisky. He knows, like, this is, like, he's legitimate. This is a good quarterback. This guy can make it happen. He's a baller. Like, dude, sometimes I watch the game and I'm like, damn, this guy's a, this guy's a baller. Dude. Maserati like, Mitch? He, is, that, is that his name? I don't know. I'm, uh, I'm going with it. I, I like it. So, anyway, so score prediction. I wish I would have picked the Giants last week because I was kind of waffling around on it and I would have been right. Not that I wanted the Bears to lose, but... I, the only reason I wish I would have picked them is because I pick the Bears every week, and I'm going to pick them again. I'm going to pick them again, and i got to think of a score really quick. But I think it's going to be fairly high scoring. It is the Rams, after all. Even though I love my Bears' defense, I think they're going to let up some points here. But I am going to go with a very traditional score here, and I'm going to go with 31-28 Bears. I like it. I like it. I'm also taking the Bears. Uh, you can check... Check out the uh, the prediction um, on Windy City Gridiron, which is where you can find all my writings. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter at BearsLink.com. And, of course, this is the BearsLink Podcast. So for Kevin, I am Andrew, and bear now, folks. I'm Karis Fisher. I want to tell you about another podcast you should check out. It's called Recode Decode. Every week I talk to tech and media's key players about how they're changing our world. I interview tech executives like Facebook CEO Mark Zuckerberg, political figures like Hillary Clinton, and media personalities like John Carreyou, who literally wrote the book on Theranos. Once again, the name of the show is Recode Decode, hosted by me, Karis Fisher. You can find it on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to the show. See you there. Support for this podcast comes from Smartwater. Want to get a little more from every sip? Smartwater Alkaline doesn't just taste crisp and pure. It's loaded with everything you need to perform at your best, whether you're running marathons or boardroom meetings. Elevate how you hydrate and pick up a Smartwater Alkaline today. To learn more, visit drinksmartwater.com.